0: The living dead, vampires, torture. Evil has existed since the dawn of time. But what are the origins of this evil? Wicked history explores the origins. For a better understanding of the future. Here are your hosts, Chris Atkins and Lane Deesh. Oh. I'm here for it. You're here for it. <laughs> I should have peed before I left. Uh-oh whatever um
1: yeah i don't know how i just like completely skirted past time to i know record. why
0: are you sending tiktoks <laughs> we got to be recording
1: so little funny story before we start
0: oh my god okay okay
1: so dad is like our number one fan and it's fantastic and he's i you know, know he he's given you know he's always giving me like little tidbits and advice and stuff and i i'm just i love it and he said he goes i can't tell y'all apart what uh when i'm listening to you and he he said it's because i don't have my accent when i'm talking
0: really yeah
1: i i mean i get like when i'm talking on this i i guess i have my like i have my customer service voice so i try to like not have my normal southern twangish talk and he was like y'all sound just alike
0: (laughs) except for one of y'all says y'all and one of y'all don't exactly (laughs) (laughs) um oh dad I love you can I okay can can I touch on something real quick sure okay so I adapt my like I can talk like the person I'm talking to is talking
1: I do too. I do too. It is
0: so weird. I do not do this on purpose. And it makes, like, you wonder, like, mm-hmm, do I have an identity? Do I actually have an identity? Because I'll just adopt anybody else's.
1: Well, I, I, especially when I'm talking to you, I don't know what it is, but when I talk to you, I, my, it's like my Southern draw just, it vanishes. It's just like it never existed. Ever, so I kind of knew going into this that I would do that, but it just it made me laugh that he he's like y'all just sound y'all sound exactly alike. It's hard for me to tell which one's which. Um, oh my I thought, gosh! I thought it was funny. And That's it's because hilarious. of how I because of how I talk. Come here, Charlie. Come here, Charlie. Come
0: here. Puppies. Hey, puppies. So our dad recorded our intro. Yes. He's
1: awesome.
0: And... He is awesome. He is multifaceted, multi-talented, mm-hmm. all-around cool yeah. ass dude. He is. And I was excited when I realized that he was excited because before he made our recording for the intro, he I thought he did not like what we talked about.
1: I worried that he wouldn't like what we talked about. But he do, He listens, and he is proud of us, and um, so that's awesome. That's now, I, awesome. Know, I know what we talk about is too much for mom, so I don't even worry about it. Like, I'm good with her not listening because what we talk about is a little too much for her.
0: I notice some true crime stuff, you know, or different things. Like, it tends to give me anxiety at
1: times. Well, even researching this and writing it out and stuff like that, like, yeah, I have to sometimes walk away. I'm like, oh, oh, right. And this one, this one today is one of those where I had to walk away a couple of times.
0: Really? Oh, my God. I'm
1: so excited. Disturb me. Disturb me. Yeah, this one's this one's rough um, okay. because it, it because it deals with a child um
0: but why do you do that
1: i know i know this one deals with a child so i mean trigger warning this is this this is cruel this is cruelty to a child
0: gosh darn it
1: um yeah so it, it
0: and it's really we, we need to step up what we do to our kids this is going to be probably blatant um i assume blatant um uh, abuse but um every parent out there needs to check themselves on the thing the toxic things they do to their kids
1: now the parents didn't do this to the child
0: okay that's right well thank god right because parents the, are supposed to be the
1: the actions of one of the parents involved could have <sighs> been life and death though as i tell this story there's a part that I'm going to get to and you're going to like, and that person regrets their actions in that moment because that could have made a huge difference. And you'll understand what I mean when we get to that part. So the title of today's episode is sweet Fanny
0: Adams. Hey Fanny.
1: So sweet Fanny Adams is a saying that has been around since the 1860s. It's still used in, England, in some parts of of, the, of Great Britain. Um, it's probably more local to where this happened, but it started with sailors who were unhappy with their food rations. They, they got switched over to these tins of meat, and it was just so gross and rotten Ew. and putrid that they would say, sweet Fanny Adams, because, um, well, you'll find out. So... You know, like, just because of, like, the connotation of sweet Fanny Adams, I was like, where, who's Fanny Adams then? Right. Like, if they're using sweet Fanny Adams in disgust. Uh, then
0: something disgusting
1: mm-hmm. yeah, is so, about
0: Fanny Adams.
1: Unfortunately, yes. So how did this saying become synonymous with this sweet little girl? Uh, the story of Fanny Adams begins in a small and quaint little village of Alton, Hampshire. Okay, so we're in Great Britain, um, and we're we're starting our story in the year 1859. Okay, so in 1859, Alton was a, a farming community, real small, super quaint, and it was because hops that you are used to brew beer. Yeah. It grew really well there. So, okay. That, that you know, it, it was all, you know, mostly just farming hops in this town. This is a town where everyone knows each other and looked after each other. So, you know, nosy neighbor, everyone was in each other's business. Okay. Nothing happened in Alton without everyone knowing about it. It made this sleepy town feel safe. And made what happened all the more shocking. But I'm getting ahead of myself. So on April 30th of 1859, um, Fanny, a little girl named Fanny Adams is born to George and Anne. Okay. Okay. In an 1861 census, it shows that the family of George Adams was actually uh, six children. Um and is not in this story, the actual like biological mother. I believe the mother that we're gonna talk about when this story happens is the stepmom because for a large period of time George raises all six children by himself. Okay. Wow. Life life on tan house lane was it was good next door to fanny is her grandparents and then on the other side is her best friend minnie warner the warner family lives on the other side of them and minnie and fanny had grown up together and they were just inseparable okay so she's that's how just it's this sweet kind of existence you know this they've got grandparents right next door and then you know best friend lives right there you know it's just this serene hops farm town fanny fanny is described as being very kind and extremely bright she was tall for her age and the locals knew her by her always sunny disposition Everyone in town knew her and they just adored her. Okay. I mean, they, she was just one of those kids that was always happy. So let's talk about the layout of the town of Alton. Um, like I said earlier, Alton was renowned for its hops, which made it popular, a popular place for breweries to start opening. But despite that, the town was still safe feeling. It wasn't like bars coming in. It was just the breweries, which, which, gave you know brought jobs to the area it didn't necessarily increase the population of the town it just brought new jobs in the adams lived on Tanhouse lane on the north side of Tanhouse lane lies uh, a park called flood meadows which is surrounded by the way river and it got its name flood meadows because it would often flood When you know there'd be high rain from the overflow of that river that's right next to it, so it just you know just this kind of park that was nicknamed Flood Meadows for that reason. The city of Alton had seen little to no crime in the. Can I say something? What's that?
0: Nothing's made more sense than that in my life. All right.
1: so the city of alton had seen little to no crime in the 19th century on the afternoon of august 24th 1867 fanny her little sister lizzie and her best friend minnie were playing at minnie's house when they they asked the mother if they can go to flood meadows which is just down the road and harriet adams is like she's trying to get a whole lot done around the house and the girls are kind of in her hair. Who's Harriet Adams? Harriet's At- mom? Minnie's mom, yes. Okay, okay. No, I don't think her last name is Adam. Harriet must be the stepmom. Anyway, so Harriet Adams, yes, the stepmom. So Harriet Adams, she's got no objections to this and um really why would she why you know at this point the the two girls are eight lizzie is maybe six so there, she didn't really see a problem in letting them go to the end of the street to that little park and play on this this day i you know in my head why like, would you yeah. i i wouldn't let them but i also live in a day and age where stuff where happens. you can't
0: really let your kids play yeah right.
1: you live a in damn a damn shame living in a small town where everyone is watching your every move this decision would have would have had um
0: it makes perfect sense to me right
1: harriet however would regret this for the rest of her life okay i'm sure so harriet had a lot of housework to get done and the fresh air would be good for the girls she thought plus harriet had she had lived there her whole life and nothing had ever happened To make her second guess this decision to let them go to the park. The three girls head north on Tanhouse Lane towards the Hops Fields and towards Flood Meadows. Upon entering the Hops Gardens, the three girls happen across a gentleman. Okay, and this gentleman's very well dressed with a top hat. He he's not a stranger. They recognize him from
0: the area.
1: They know who he is, they recognize he's a very well-dressed gentleman. But they've seen him in church. They've seen him around town. He's relatively new to the area. But because of how he's dressed, they don't see him as a threat at all. He's clearly very well-to-do. And they, they're not threatened by him at all. Okay? His name is Frederick Baker. He's 29. Okay? He, he's got the... He tips his top hat to the girls. And he makes... Um, he gives them some spending money for some treats and watches them play. You know, they go and buy treats. They're just, they're having, you know, a good time playing in the park and he's watching them. As, he's wa- as he watches the girls play for a bit, uh, before the girls start to get restless and begin to say goodbye to Frederick, he does something super odd. He offers Fanny a half penny more if she would walk with him to the edge of town. no. And Fanny says, no, I'm pretty tired. You know, I need to be home for dinner. So then he offers Minnie and Lizzie three half pennies if, you know, they'll go with him. But, again, they're like, well, we're tired. We're pretty ready to go home. You know, they, they refuse. Something just felt weird to them about it. But, again, you know, again, they, there's no reason for them to suspect something bad he gives fanny one last chance to walk with him to shaldon which is the next town over and again she declines baker then changes from bribery to brute force okay so he straight grabs fanny and he runs off leaving <sighs> minnie and lizzie leaving minnie and lizzie just standing there like w- what just
0: happened what yeah okay so,
1: The girls are are in shock. They don't know what to do. They don't know if this is something serious. They don't understand what's happened. So what happens next in the series of events is just all about really bad timing and just monster behavior, okay? So Lizzie and Minnie start to run back to Minnie's house. And upon arrival, they explain to Martha Warner, Minnie's mom. And unfortunately, Martha blows it off. She's like, I'm sure that many, or I'm sure that Fanny will be back any time now. There's no way, you know, this, we know who this guy is. We know Frederick Baker. He's not this monster, you know. She plays it off, okay? The girls obviously misinterpret this interaction. Like, Martha not taking it seriously, because that ends up being a huge fatal error on her part. I mean, I guess you can already guess that. But it, anyway, so the, the point is Minnie's mother, not Fanny's mother, Minnie's mother is like, this is no big deal, okay? She doesn't even bother to tell Fanny's mother, Fanny and Lizzie's mother. So the two girls kind of shrug at each other, and then they just play around at, the, at Minnie's house until about 5 p.m. Okay, so a couple of hours have gone by, when Lizzie finally heads home without Fanny. So a neighbor, Mrs. Gardner, sees Lizzie walking by herself, and it doesn't make sense because Lizzie's very young, and she's usually seen with Fanny. So again, this is a a nosy neighbor doing something good here. So what happens is she goes over to Lizzie, and she's like, where is your sister? And then Lizzie starts to explain what had happened. But Miss Gardner freaks out. She takes this super seriously, okay? So Miss Are you okay? I'm sorry. I'm okay.
0: Fine. I'm just I'm adjusting myself in my seat. I'm getting <laughs> so full of suspense.
1: I gotcha. So Mrs. Gardner runs to the Adams house and she tells Harriet Adams what what happens. And Harriet is horrified okay so her and Miss Gardner go to try to find Mr. Baker and they find him and when they find him he's super smug okay he states that they walked a bit he paid her and he left her at the city limit sign and you know he had nothing to you know there was nothing else that happened so angry while Mrs. Gardner you know Harriet has to be held back. She's just, she's pissed. So, she, Miss Gardner's holding her back. And you can hear Miss Gardner say to him, I have a great mind to give you in charge of the police. To which Baker smugly says that they can do as they please. So, Ugh. yeah. So, Mrs. Gardner threatens to call the I don't mean, I, I know this is a different day and time, but my first thought would have been go to the police. No doubt. But anyway, so hours have gone by at this point before even the, the parents got involved. Right. So when Fanny was still not home between the hours of seven and eight, Harriet got the neighbors together to search. One member of the search party was a man by the name of Thomas Gates. Thomas Gates was a Crimean War veteran who had been a famous who was famously a part of the charge of the light brigade. So this man has seen some some gory shit in his life. Okay. But okay. nothing, nothing prepared him for what he was to find. No. In the, in the process of I just gotta explain this a little bit. Uh in farming hops, it's they have to use these little like trellis things. Kind of like when you grow tomatoes, you get that little metal trellis. They grow upward? Right. So in hops, what they do is they take these long logs, maybe 10 feet tall, and they make a teepee shape with the logs. And then they take wire and wrap wire around it to make this, you know, trellis. And that's what the hops grow up, okay? Cool. So these things are called hop poles top poles and um thomas gates is walking through the Hopsfield, and he comes across one of these hot poles and to his horror the head of eight-year-old fanny adams is <gasps> at the top of it what just her head okay Give
0: when they me get, a break
1: when they get her head down her ears have been severed off oh
0: my god
1: her face had these two large cuts from the corners of her mouth to her ears where her ears would be what yes and as more and more parts of fanny uh start to be found the news spreads and the police had only the one suspect they this this trial this case never had any other suspect but Fred. other than fred right okay so once they had the arms the legs and the torso uh they were going to do an autopsy okay so they're checking out the pieces of the body and three incisions were found on the left side of her chest a deep cut was found in her left arm her arm had been cut off at the elbow what her left leg nearly severed at the hip Her left foot was cut off completely at the ankle. Her right leg was torn from her torso. Oh, my God. And the entire contents of her pelvis and chest had been completely removed. What? Yes. Her vagina was missing, and both eyes were cut out. They were later found in the river. What? This is just, you know, from what they're gathering from these pieces that they have okay so if you are angry now what I'm about to say is going to send you over the edge so just overcome with grief Harriet runs to tell her husband who her husband this whole time has been playing cricket okay he has no idea (laughs) nobody has told him so Harriet's like, she's running to the cricket field, and she passes out on her way there because she's just overcome with grief. And the dad had no, I mean, we're talking hours, hours. They found out she was missing at 5 o'clock when Mrs. Gardner saw Lizzie walking by herself. We're now, we've, we started the search between 7 and 8, and we're into the search. We found pieces of her body, and dad still is not there someone needed to go get him exactly that's what irritates the shit out of me so someone does finally go he they get him so okay after she collapses someone does go to tell George George finds out and when he was told the details he didn't say a word he went straight home he loaded his shotgun and he set out to find Frederick Baker
0: did you hear that music No. Good.
1: So his neighbor was able to convince George to let the police handle it and and not take this any further. Like, you know, George, you gotta... Yeah, don't go kill
0: the man. So they were
1: able able to subdue George through the evening. The neighbors never left his side. They stayed all night with him. The next day, Hmm. hundreds of people came out to the hops fields looking for Fanny's remains. The police suspected... <clears throat> the murder weapon was one or two small blades, like knives, not large weapons. They believe this was all done with very small blades. Um, and though the search was unsuccessful in finding them, they still held to, they, those are the murder weapons they're looking for. It's very likely the crowds did more damage than good as far as collecting evidence. Because everyone walking around is not going to see everything. And a lot of evidence could have been pushed farther into the mud or the dirt. Um, But, you know, bless them. They they came out trying. They did, however, recover all of Fanny's cut up clothing. So everything was found of her clothes except for her little hat that she had been wearing. And when you see pictures of this little girl... (sighs) she was precious okay her little hat was never found when they Aww. found when they found her hand she was still clutching the coins <gasps> frederick baker had given her
0: stop it
1: I, I wish i was lying like this is just it is horrific okay so after fanny's autopsy results came back it was set in stone the coroner was unable to determine Her actual cause of death because of the numerous amounts of injuries to this body, it was really hard for them to decipher which one of these injuries actually killed her, which just shows how how bad it was. Um, So the official cause of death on her death certificate is murder by injuries inflicted by Frederick Baker. That can't
0: be an autopsy report.
1: That is her official cause of death. In it, it's What her, if Frederick her... Baker
0: didn't do it?
1: I don't know. But that shows just like how damning the evidence was. Like he is listed on her death death certificate as being the reason she died. Like it was late it was obviously a homicide and Frederick Baker's name was on her death certificate. So that's like, um, that's new. I don't know. After Fanny's little body was sewn back together, then her body was taken to the police station. A stone which still had flesh, hair, and blood on it was turned in as a possible murder weapon. But what about all these cuts? Okay. She... I listed a lot of cuts, a lot of severed um, body li- appendages. Yes, even the fact she had been gutted. All they, really yeah,
0: that's had- what did they? They did not find her guts.
1: No, th- not that I know of. Uh, but someone did find this stone that had, you know, it had very fresh hair and skin and blood on it. So it was possible this was the murder weapon. You know. As we go through this um, crime and the investigation, it's possible that blunt force trauma to the head is what actually killed her. Um, So later that evening, Officer William Cheney rushed to Flood Meadows from the the police station. Upon arriving there, he he was met with by several people who then led him to a place called the Leathern Bottle, which I believe is like a bar, the leather, it's like a, a a pub. Okay. So the owner hands the officer, this bundle that's labeled portions of a child and the, you know, officer Cheney's like, how did you come across this? Right. There's this, it's literally just a box. It says portions of a child. So, the owner retraces his steps with Officer Chaney through the town around where Baker works and like where he lives. He rents a room. Um, You know, as he retraced his steps where he got all these body parts or whatever, it's all around where Frederick Baker would be. So, just yes, like Chaney's like, okay, this makes sense. So, this poor pub owner has happened upon box a box of like body parts and where all of the pieces were found was in a route that frederick baker would normally take so cheney finds baker as the as he's retracing it they walk past where frederick baker works at 9 p.m and they find baker still at work Okay. So this is an hour later than he would normally be at work. When Cheney arrests Baker right there, Baker protested despite being told from Officer Cheney, and this is a quote, Bud, you are the only suspect. So that's that's how they end up arresting him for this crime
0: bud you're on the death certificate
1: (laughs) bud you are the only suspect and your name is on the death certificate yeah
0: crowds you are the weapon
1: crowds are starting to form around the police station and it's making them a little anxious but the police find the two small knives in baker's room that they were expecting (gasps) to find no yes And there was some traces of blood in, like, the folds of the blade. You know, it wasn't obvious that there was blood on it, but they did find some blood on it. They found spots of blood on his clothes, like, inside his shirt sleeve, which is very common for, as blood spatter, if you're stabbing someone, it's very common um, for the blood to spatter up your sleeve. And that's where they found the blood on his, his shirt. Um, His pants looked like they had been soaked. There was blood, there was blood on them, but it was very obvious to them that it had been soaked because it, it was very diluted and it had spread. So when you, when you soak, you know, a a blood stained article of clothing in like a bathtub, it's going to dilute the blood that's there and get most of it out, but a lot of the blood particles are gonna just spread over a larger portion. Um, Cause you're not gonna get it all out, you're just not. And we're talking the 1800s, it's not like they had a washing machine. So they did find that. Um, it was just super clear to the police that Baker had done it. And because of how gruesome it was, they started to worry about a lynch mob he was like, he was just so arrogant. They were worried that the town was going to raid the jail, okay, and, and take him out and hang him on the spot. They found blood. Um, I'm sorry. No. When asked, he said, well, I, you know, you know, all right, let me retrace my step here for a second. So we we're talking about the blood in the shirt sleeve. The officer asked, you know, like, how did you, how, how does blood end up in there? and frederick baker is quoted as saying, well i don't see a scratch or cut on my hands to account for the blood, do you? do you? what? like i mean he's so he's so er- this man believes that because of his job, because of his stature, he will not be found guilty. He believes he's above the law. He's wealthy, okay. you know, he just He's an account clerk. He thinks that he's just above the So he just, uh, there's so many little quotes like this where you're just like, oh.
0: I am so skeptical though.
1: His demeanor during his interrogation was described as cool and collected. He had, I mean, he just did not. So you're skeptical of Frederick Baker. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's go. Through- I guess I
0: just I guess I just keep thinking your story is going to take a twist.
1: Well, we're about to go through the investigation. And I can see why, because it's so it's just so cut and clear. It's like so
0: blatant. You're not Fred- going to get away with it. Dude. Yeah.
1: Frederick Baker clearly killed her. All right. So the next day, Cheney searched Baker's desk at work and found his diary. <sighs> Frederick Baker had a diary. Okay. In the diary, mixed in with what I hope was entries about his like chronic bedwetting or something like, I just want it to be something bad that was happening to him that he needed to keep a journal. But on Saturday, August twenty fourth, <laughs> in eighteen sixty seven, it says killed a young girl. It was fine oh. and, and hot, even after the mountain. Oh, I'm sorry. It was, I, I, I can't really see my quotes there. So his quote was, killed a young girl. It was fine and hot, is what he said in his journal.
0: Okay. On That's the day strange.
1: that Miss Fanny went missing. It, it's he funny. wrote
0: her name in his journal?
1: He did not write her name, just young girl. Oh. And, and then the, it was fine and hot. I I don't know. Yeah,
0: what is what is I'm that trying mean? to put
1: myself in an eighteen sixties frame of mind as far as how like turns of phrases worked back then. I know.
0: Does does hot mean that it was like exciting? Or
1: yeah, I want
0: I or was it a hot
1: day? Maybe a hot day? I don't know. Like maybe he's just so nonchalant about it that he's describing the weather that day. It was fine and maybe. hot. Or it was like killing someone. Yeah, it was fine. It was hot i don't i don't know i don't know so even after all the mounting evidence baker remained completely unfazed like every time they would come to him like look what else we found he was just like all right like nothing his defense attorney however tried to go the insanity plea so while frederick baker is saying he is completely innocent he had nothing to do with this his defense team is like we got to play the insanity angle because they don't they know they're not going to win this case which is just it shows like the disconnect because baker's not trying to plead insanity right just his defense team like he's just like i didn't do it if he was really going to try to get out of it with the insanity plea he would be like yes i did it you know it I guess I did, or I don't remember I did just something, but no, he's just like, he pleads, not guilty. He's just like, not guilty. And it seems like, whoa, 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 whoa. We believe it's because of insanity that he's not guilty. The investigation went on until October. So he's locked up from August to October, which was around the same time that we get a new eyewitness that comes forward.
0: Oh, and this
1: is another one where it just if someone had just said something. OK, so a young boy who lived really close to the Adams family states that he saw Baker emerge from the hot garden around 2 p.m. on that day that Fanny went missing. Baker's hands and clothes were saturated in blood. And the boy says he calmly stooped down to the river. And wiped his himself clean with the water and one of his handkerchiefs. So just like no big deal, he's just casually washing right. blood. After that, he put a small knife and another unknown object into his jacket pocket. The boy told his mom immediately, who did not go to the police, but his mom was an alcoholic and loose lips sink ships, and one night recently in the storyline she had brought had mentioned what her son saw and whoever she told this to went to the police so that's how we get this new eyewitness because not because she told the police anything in fact she wanted to stay out of it she wanted her son to stay out of it she didn't want anybody to know that he had seen it until she was just you know drinking one night and relayed the story and, you know, Whoops. that's always, that's always how it's good. Truth it's, is always going to come out. So even though this was super open and shut case, Cheney wanted no doubt left in the jurors mind. He was, I, I, you know, Cheney is like the hero of the story because he just went above and beyond. Okay. As much as this is should have been just like, yeah, it was him. We're done. He went like out of his way to make sure there was no loose ends. So he requested forensic tests in October. So, which is at this point, forensics is obviously not what it is today, but it's also not readily available. So for a small town to, have, to want all these forensic tests done was a huge cost, a huge expense But it was something that Cheney felt necessary. And I I love that he did it. So all the recovered clothing and the two knives that were taken from Baker at the time of his arrest were sent to Professor Taylor at Guy's Hospital or Guy's Hospital, I don't know, in London, England. This is the most state of the art for the time. Professor Taylor found the following, okay? So this Ooh, is, okay. This is the findings from forensics. He could confirm the blood on the knife was human. One blade had coagulated blood on the blade only, not in the handle. Under cross-examination, Taylor stated he would have expected more blood on the knives. The quantity of blood was surprisingly small on all the stuff that had been sent to him. Dr. Taylor also said someone inexperienced what are you doing me yes
0: nothing hold still okay that's hard for me (laughs) (laughs) so hard to tell a
1: story when you're just moving around I
0: didn't know you could hear my fidgeting okay oh
1: yeah so Dr. Taylor also said he was uh, he said for someone that's inexperienced at anatomy and all that stuff to dismember a body with proper tools would take about 30 minutes blood would run it would not spurt from the body okay so he's explaining that you know, people expecting there to be a lot of blood on him because he took so much time his clothes are consistent with a killer that took her you know took their time dismembering because there there actually was very little blood on him does that make sense what i just said um because it just it runs down if you if you're dismembering someone let's say she's on the ground and he's standing around or leaning over and dismembering her the blood is just going down into the ground and not spurting back, right because she's dead right well, because he's dismembering her he's not stabbing her over and over again so it's just this is what Dr. Taylor is explaining why he believes his clothes were consistent with the killer. He also said there was zero sign of rape for the child, you know, there was ver- there was zero sign of it in his clothes. Okay. And local doctor Lewis Leslie thought Fanny's cause of death was blunt force trauma to the head with a stone. He also states the body would have required larger instruments to dismember. So forensic states that the cuts were made when the body was still warm and that Fanny had not only been cut, but also hacked and torn to pieces. The time it took Baker to dismember her gave him plenty of time to maneuver himself so that he got minimal blood on him both doctors agreed the small knife isn't what dismembered her so they don't you know remember the little boy said he saw them put the knife back in his jacket pocket and another object that he couldn't identify so it might not have been that little knife. And both of these doctors, the forensic one and the local doctor both agree that something else was used in the dismemberment. So while held in jail during his trial, Baker was said to be super talkative. He really, especially like with the, the warden and like the chaplains and stuff. He, um, people who were at his level, not the other inmates, of course. But chaplains specifically, though he still held on to his innocence, um, he, he got really close with the chaplains, which kind of leads people to believe that he is trying to get some sort of, I don't know, fa- some sort of good grace with God because he's clearly going to be found guilty. He was moved to another jail um, back towards the beginning of, of his arrest because of that lynch mob. So he once he was moved to this other jail, um, out of the the direct eyesight of the people of Alton, he started sleeping and eating super well, which is in stark contrast to when he was in Alton's jail, where he couldn't sleep and he shuddered at the sight of any meat, which is a Ew. little to me that is just telling of his guilt, but. Yeah, he, he, like, turned into this vegetarian because he, the thought, like, the sight of meat just made him physically ill. However, once he was moved to the other jail, like, there was no issues. He he didn't stay up late, he didn't have nightmares, he didn't have a problem eating. English law in the 1800s required that in the case of a sudden death, an immediate inquest had to be held under the jurisdiction of the coroner. In the case of Fanny Adams, though, Deputy County Coroner Robert Hartfield was in charge of the proceedings which took place at Duke's Head Inn in Alton on August 27, 1867. So this is a little this is a little catch 22 thing that could possibly get him get Frederick out of his guilty um, sentence because they didn't they didn't follow the correct protocol for a sudden death. They took the body, you know, when you see movies and stuff from the 1800s, whenever someone is sick or injured, they usually take them into a bar and you see them like scoot everything off the table and lay the guy down. You know, go get the doctor, that kind of thing. So Taking a body to the pub wasn't necessarily unusual, but at the time of this murder, there was a new law in place that when there was a sudden death, it needed to be taken to the police station and processed there with the coroner present. So it needed to be more official. And they kind of botched that part of it. Um, Chaney, as well as the acting chief constable superintendent Everett, who was present, uh, who was pre- representing the Hampshire County constable uh, was also there. Coincidentally, this pub was just like super, super close to the police station. It was just one of those little insights that are just one of those little things that I, I don't think the people who found her body knew that they needed to necessarily take it to the police station. Anyways, there was a little mishandling of how her body was processed um and this this looked really bad for the prosecution um her body was taken to the police station eventually but yeah it was it was originally processed at they was they would bring the parts as they found them to the bar to the pub okay so we've got we start our trial trial opens and the first person to take the stand is Minnie. So little Minnie, who's just nine maybe at the time, maybe 10 at this point, she takes a stand and she's able to correctly identify what he was wearing um, but she couldn't necessarily identify him in court, which is pretty typical for children who are being examined in trial. They can remember a lot. They can remember, like, certain things, but when it comes to recognizing a person that maybe had a beard at one point and no longer does, they don't don't have that capabilities. You know what I mean? I'm with you. Like, if he had changed his facial features or his hair, children have a harder time going, yeah, that's the same person. Oh, yeah. So she did get kind of tripped up there. Um, She was not able to identify him for sure in court. Second up was Harriet, who was really, uh, who recalls having met, yes, you look fantastic. Okay, Harriet, sorry. Harriet, who recalls having met Baker at the gate to the Hop Garden and that he was headed towards the road, which led to Basingstoke. It was there Minnie identified Baker as the man who gave her the pennies when Minnie said that Baker shouted, um, when Minnie said that, Baker shouted, no, three so, um, let So let me just kind of go, let me take that step by step because that's kind of a hard one. So Harriet, she says she recalls seeing Baker at the gates to the pop garden. And when she says that, Minnie's like, yes, I remember him. He's the guy that is the guy that gave me the two pennies or the two halfpence, pence, or whatever to get candy or whatever that one day. And when she says two half pennies, Baker is so offended that, that she would say only two when he actually gave her three that he shouts out in court that, no! Three half pence. Which is like, shut the fuck up! Why would right. you say that? Like, you're so vain in being seen as this really rich, highfalutin guy, that that small detail pissed you off in your own mur- in your trial for murder? I don't... It's just, like, what a flex. Just just irritates the shit out of him so the third to take the stand was mrs gardner she was able to identify baker and told the jury that that he was super relaxed even though he just killed and dismembered a child Mm. so remember mrs gardner and harriet they went looking for him so you know what what i'm talking about now and as far as harriet's and Mrs. Gardner's interaction with them is when they found him right after he had killed Fanny, and he was real arrogant to them, like, fine, call the police. I don't give a shit. That's what they're talking about. Again, the defense went with insanity, saying Baker had a lot of family issues. You know, His family has had mental stuff. You know, this is hereditary. And they even said that Frederick had tried to commit suicide after a failed relationship once. So oh. they tried they tried really, really hard. However, on Christmas Eve of that year, in front of five thousand people, Frederick Baker was hung from the neck until dead. Wow it is said he did try to make amends by writing to Fanny's parents, but oh you know, who knows if that's true or not in 1869 new rations of tinned mutton were introduced to the british navy they hated it and likened it to the butchered remains of fanny adams ah many many working class men still say sweet fanny adams which was also turned into sweet fa or sweet fuck all um so it's got a couple of eatings. It did kind of change from Fanny Adams, but there still are people who use the phrase sweet Fanny Adams. And are like, oh, that's just nasty.
0: Wow. And
1: that, that's how that sweet little girl became synonymous with rotten meat.
0: That is insanity.
1: Yes, that is. That was a, that was, I mean, you just keep, when you look into this story, you just keep reading more and more injuries and you're like, how, wh- why? Like, wh- I just want to
0: know about
1: Fred. Who the hell was he? Yeah. And there's really, I don't have a lot to go off of. As I know. As I'd like to know. I would
0: like to know more about him because that's a hell of a murder.
1: Well, and it's, it's kind of, a it shows the stark contrast in, how much we um, document now as opposed to back then. The fact that we don't know who Fred, you know, he never did anything that was noteworthy. So I don't know. I don't have a whole lot of information on him prior to him murdering a small child. But, you know, if that happened nowadays, we'd be like, oh, he was born in. Oh, yeah. He town. did this,
0: this, this, and this. Here's he looked his... up this on his phone. Yep. Yep.
1: Here's his kindergarten picture. Like, we have everything. Right. The good news, though, is he did not get away with it. And, I mean, he was really, he was almost immediately placed under arrest. It's just
0: crazy. And I guess my skepticism comes from when things are so blatant.
1: Yes. He did. I think his arrogance in believing that he could get away with murder, it was in his head. he, He truly believed that he would just get away with it. Because of him being um, much higher in status than what was What was he? He was some sort of account clerk. He worked oh. for the government. He had a government job.
0: Oh. And okay.
1: I think he believed that he would just, like, his job would just get him out of it. And it just it proved to be untrue. Like, he literally didn't try to hide it. He did run away from the two children in order to murder her and dismember her. But it's not like he was still at a park. I mean, this town is small.
0: Yeah, I mean, he took her in front of her two friends.
1: She's got to be screaming. He had—he must have gone far. You think he, he had to have gone out of earshot because she's going to make noise, especially if she died of blunt force trauma. Unless he knocked her out in that first hit, she's going to yeah. be screaming. She's going to be, you know, she's going to be screaming while he's running with her. So, how I far think that a lot of killers the
0: do. They silence their, you know, they silence their victim, especially if they're in a public place.
1: I mean, you're carrying an eight-year-old child who's going to be screaming and wriggling around trying to get out. How far can you get? And then after that, like, it, was it just some sort of sick curiosity that made him just start taking pieces of it just great
0: he didn't try to hide anything because he put her head up on a stake
1: yeah he displayed her head and then the things he did to mutilate her body afterwards it's not just that he dismembered her to like maybe get rid of evidence because he clearly didn't do that right it was just like it, it was like why did she have a super deep cut on part of her arm then she was there was like Injuries to her, like precision injuries to her body, like removing her vagina.
0: Yeah, that's insanity.
1: Removing her eyes. What just? mm, Eyes that were found
0: by the river.
1: Yeah.
0: How did that happen? I
1: don't. I don't even. I mean, could you
0: imagine coming across an eyeball?
1: Well, how did they? they must not have been in the river because I feel like that would be eaten by wildlife immediately.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's what, you know, I was like, I was wondering the same thing when you said it. Yeah. I
1: don't know. It just said that they were found at the river.
0: That's horrific. How did you find that story?
1: I've heard it a couple of times. Um,
0: I've never heard that one.
1: And she, it's, one of those. I've heard a couple of different people tell the story, and so I went ahead and just wanted to do my own research on what happened. Uh, nothing's a hundred percent, I guess, as far as a story that's been told and retold so many times over two hundred years. But um, that is that is the that is my knowledge of what happened to Fanny Adams, as far Poor as documentation. Finney yes and she's just the most beautiful and girl. what
0: a weirdo fred is
1: Now i don't know that i can find a picture of him it's going to be a lot of like artist renderings of events but i was able to find a picture of fanny adams
0: yeah how did you find a picture of fanny adams what are pictures from that time even like
1: well there's one picture that i found that's associated with her that i don't believe is actually her it's it's a very detailed portrait it's beautiful Ah. um and the the other pictures you can find of her are kind of grainy and she's not as like well put together you know she's just kid playing around in a little dress
0: right like
1: not a farm kid perfectly quaffed hair and like you know nice clothing and stuff so i i'm skeptical of this one picture but I know for sure the other one is her. Um, but yeah, I'll post some of those pictures. I'll try to find Frederick Baker's picture more than just a drawing. Cause there were in trials, they would do artist rendering of the events that took place. Right. So that's like, typically when I tell a story, you'll see like these artist renderings of what happened or what was believed to have happened. And those are used in trial. Those are, that's where you get those. Um, which is kind of cool, but yeah. So that's that is sweet Fanny Adams, sweet Fanny Adams. Oh,
0: God, precious. that's awful.
1: Precious little girl, precious. And Harry, I looked back, okay, and I made a, a booger up, which I always have a mistake, and I always hear it later, and I'm
0: like, I hear it later, yeah, and then I giggle.
1: Like, <laughs> damn it, damn it. Uh, her mother was harriet not Anne? Hmm. so harriet is her birth mother
0: who the hell is Anne?
1: i don't know maybe it's harriet Anne or something but harriet is her birth mother but for some reason there is a time period where george on the census is listed alone with the kids and not with the wife so there huh. is, I, I mean i i don't know i don't know I could go either way. Maybe Anne was the birth mother and died, and Harriet. But Harriet's reaction to Fanny's death is just... Which, a step-parent can still be distraught. Oh, no doubt. I don't know. There's a, I guess there's some holes in this story, but... I'd be distraught
0: part, over a stranger's freaking kid, honestly.
1: I... the The veteran of the Crimean War
0: yeah that found
1: her head and had like nightmares because of it. said he'd never seen anything like it. And we're talking a war right vet- like veterans now they didn't have a whole lot of like face to face combat. A lot of it's done like long distance. the crimean the Crimean War would have been like you know up close, like stabbing somebody.
0: Um, it would have been yikes. Go- it
1: would have been gory. It would have been one of those gory scenes like you know pictures you see of like World War one where everything's okay, like I hand to hand combat so people are you know
0: hand to hand combat
1: yeah. Well so this guy's seen some stuff is what I'm trying to say yeah I'm not trying to say that veterans now have not seen some stuff because I know they have. I know they have. Right.
0: Yeah. Never. That's what, when you said that, I was like, uh oh, that didn't sound good.
1: No, no. And I, I didn't mean it that way. I apologize. I just, I, I meant like, uh, this guy had seen some some gory stuff, a lot of gory stuff. And this bothered him more than anything.
0: Yeah. I think anything that has to do with the kid, Ugh. in a even... sense
1: can't even imagine i just can't
0: yeah Uh, can't imagine a lot of parts of it honestly
1: i don't want to play with that i don't like the way that feels who are
0: you talking to she's
1: just handed me a big old glob of slime i can't stand it
0: no you saved that for aunt lane okay
1: yeah aunt lane loves slime
0: aunt lane loves slime
1: me too I know. Why do you not like slime? It feels gross. And I can see dog hair in it. All right. <laughs> ah, we are, I guess, done.
0: I guess We're done. See. Thanks for joining us.
1: See y'all next hope, week.
0: Hope you enjoy. See you see next it. week. Bye. Bye.